Welcome back to the Voice of Gen Suite podcast. In this episode, we're talking about human and organizational performance, or HNOP, explaining what it is and how companies can integrate these principles to improve organizational performance. So if you could introduce yourself and what your role is here at Gen Suite. Thanks for having me. I'm Kent Kelsch. I've uh, been with the team about 11 years. I'm the Associate Vice President of our Customer and Application Services team. Uh, That means that I get to work uh, with our our subscribers and partners and uh, oversee everything from the day-to-day support to just the ongoing account management and uh, um, development and and evolution of our tools on a day-in and day-out basis. Can you explain human and organizational performance and its rising importance in business? Sure. I mean, human and organizational performance is really a new way of thinking about how we um, look at our employees, looking at work, how they interact with the workplace, and and really assessing um, just that interaction to realize just um, where can we, where are there opportunities uh, to, to improve as well as to reduce errors in the workplace. Human and organizational performance also takes into account system design uh, and, and really looks at um, the, the tolerance of our programs and how that compares to um, just the responsibility of our employees and our expectations for them on a day in and day out basis. So what are some of the core principles of HNOP? Sure, there's a few th- few key components to keep in mind. Um, number one, it looks at the fact that uh, people are, are accident prone or mistake prone. So it's looking at uh, accepting that as, as a fact that, that people are going to have errors or make mistakes. Um, the fact that error-likely situations, they're, um, they're typically predictable, they're manageable, they're preventable. Um, the fact that um, individual behavior is influenced by the environment, whether it's organizational processes, like uh, the, the expectations that we write up or, or the, the, the procedures that we have, but also just the values of the organization. So looking at, um, is it, uh, you know, do we value uh, speed in the workplace? Do we value efficiency? Do we value safety and efficiency? So really looking at how that applies. Um, you know, understanding that people um, will 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 build their performance around what they're recognized for, around what they're encouraged, what's reinforced. So, looking at how are we, um, you know, making sure employees are doing what we expect. And then, additionally, and finally, um, it's the, it's that whenever there are issues, they can ultimately be avoided um, by learning and through understanding of what happens, um, and then applying what lessons we learn to continuously improve on how we uh, how we do work on a day in day out basis. So, how does human and organizational performance principles differ from human performance and behavior based safety principles? Well, ultimately, it, they're, they're very much in the same vein. Um, you, you may hear some people say that human and organizational performance is, is like behavior-based safety on steroids. Uh, others would, would take a, a exception to that, uh, to that comparison, but uh, uh, ultimately behavior-based safety is, it comes down to the observation of the work and then learning based on that and, and acting accordingly. Um, so essentially, the human and organizational performance aspect just takes that a step further just to um, to focus more on not just what's happening, but um, what's not happening, what is, uh, what is it that is in place to keep employees safe, uh, to keep our processes safe from our employees as well, uh, and, and really just looking at 
you know, what it, what is it that, uh, that that is happening uh, and telling the story of what happens when we're successful or when we have uh, an exception or a failure or a, an incident in the workplace. So what are some of the biggest benefits EHS professionals can see from adopting H&OP principles into their programs and how might it affect their industry? Yeah, so one of the biggest advantages that so many of the the experts in the field have told me is that it really does get away from this process of blaming the employee when when incidents happen. So it looks for how can we dig for the why, how can we look for how we can change. Um, Just again, going back to that principle of the fact that errors are going to happen, employees are are error prone or susceptible to, to, um, to having errors. So looking at how how do we build our processes around that? Invariably, that that reduces with with the multitude of barriers that are in place. That reduces the um, likelihood of a negative outcome based upon the precautions that we can understand and take in the account. You know, so it, it really causes an organization to self-reflect and to look at, uh, you know, what is the story that's being told? How did this happen? And what are, what is there to learn in that sense without just driving a metric or data? So. Um, so, so that's a lot of what we're seeing as, as users track that is they're looking to understand the story, not necessarily just place the blame. Can you tell us about some of the primary HNOP tools and explain their importance? Yeah, there's a multitude of, uh, of tools that can be used uh, in, in practically applying HNOP. Of course, the traditional root cause analysis tools. Uh, but in addition to that, um, looking at the strength of defenses matrix is a common one. Um, looking at uh, things as simple as heat mapping, um, looking at pre-job briefings, peer checking, organizational factor analyses. I mean, there's a multitude of different things that are being used today to assess work, to assess situations, and how we can look at, at uh, work as it happens through an HOP point of view. How has GenSuite integrated H&OP principles into our software applications? That's a great question. So uh, we've we've really been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, if we're going on eight years now that we've had uh, users that have have uh, implemented HNOP in their organizations uh, across a number of our tools. Probably the most common one and the most obvious one is our incidents and measurements tool. So um, looking at how uh, just even the naming conventions and the the drop downs that people are using uh, to to tell the story, but taking that a step further and and looking at uh, some open-ended text fields and expanding out uh, the, the inputs that we're requiring of people um, has been something we've seen frequently implemented for companies that are starting on their hop or their for companies that are starting on their H&OP journey. Similarly with concern reporting, we've seen uh, integrating the the H&OP jargon and and the the verbiage. Um, Safety observations, we've had people even create H&OP related um, observation forms so they can uh, um, truly assess work as it's happening um, and and looking at the controls that are in place to help ensure that uh, we're getting a desired outcome. And then finally, in our safety risk assessment tool, uh, where we have implemented um, the, the strength of defenses matrix uh, as a way to look at not just um, it, w- the, the step itself, but looking at all the defenses that are in place as a part of that step. And uh, we've even created um, some ways to, where you can designate critical steps. So that point of no return is a frequently uh, considered uh, 
component in the H&OP space where you look at um, what is an action that we can't go back on after we've completed it that can cause uh, irreparable damage. So we, we create a way to check that and then to bring it to users' attention as they're reading that JSA or that safety risk assessment. So how does mobile come into play with H&OP principles? Well, the beauty of, of GenSuite is that uh, we, we do have a seamless mobile interface that uh, where you can use GenSuite tools um, out on the shop floor or out in the field. So all of these concepts and ideas and tools that we're talking about that, that have been incorporated into GenSuite uh, to manage H&OP is, uh, is, of course, there in mobile. So you can assess uh, work as it's happening. You can do inspections in real time uh, from those mobile devices. So, um, so naturally you don't lose anything in that translation from jotting it down on a piece of paper and then reporting it from your desktop. You can, you can uh, seamlessly track the, the, the data in real time. How has our HNOP design thinking benefited from our partnership with Securus? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Securus is, is a company that we have partnered with. It, uh, we have a, a number of uh, former uh, GenSuite users and EHS practitioners that, uh, that, that are a part of Securus. Um, the company was started by Mark Strife and Walt Peters, both who are, um, have a, a wealth of knowledge and experience in EHS over the years uh, in implementing HNOP in their organizations, respectively. So um, it was a natural fit for us to work with them. And it's really been helpful for us just to, to share with them what we've done so far. Uh, to, to look at where uh, the, the, the needs of the organization are going and how we can uh, implement those concepts and ideas in our tools. So as we bring up those ideas, it's nice to have them as a sounding board that can share their expertise and really help ensure that we're staying on the, on the bleeding edge of where H&OP um, thinking is going and making sure that our, our tools are in line with that, that line of thinking and, and uh, in delivering on, on that value proposition that GenSuite offers. How have they helped shift our approach to application design or functionality? So really it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's easy in the software space to, to simply be data-driven and to focus on um, you know, a drop-down that we, we can invariably roll up and rack and stack in reports. And what they've shared with us is, is that it's also important to, to take a time out and to tell the story. So, um, so there's a lot of, of where, where we traditionally may have had some, some drop-downs. We have more open text fields for certain configurations for H&OP. Uh, so that we can we can get the background on that story, so that we can reflect on what truly is happening, um, and we, there's still ways to report on that. We can we can still scrape that data and pull out keywords and do uh, uh, word clouds and those types of things. But um, so that that's really been a, a key piece of the feedback, and that really helps with the learning that is uh, so beneficial as a result of following up on a case to help ensure that it doesn't happen again in an HNOP environment. How can the absence of HNOP principles affect organizations? One of the common pieces of, of feedback or sayings that we hear in HNOP circles is that um, the only difference between a, a near miss and a severe incident is truly just that severity. So the idea is that um, is that if you're look taking the time and the opportunity to assess all of those outcomes um, or those near misses. Uh, that could have been the, the big one, 
um, it, it can really create the a lot of learning that can happen. So I feel like that the repercussions as a part of that is that you you miss out on that learning and 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 perhaps you know suffer those consequences as a result because you're not you're not using those opportunities. So um, and we all know that just uh, when it comes to incident prevention, um, there's a multitude of um, of costs that are associated with incidents, whether it's uh, to our employees and workers' comp, or just to downtime or employee morale, or um, or, or how it impacts our operations. So there's a lot that can uh, that, that that can suffer as a result of that um, if you're not taking these opportunities to learn into account and really bubbling it up to your leadership team so that they can understand and continue to, to learn as a part of that process as well. What are some benefits to organizations integrating H&OP principles? There's a lot of uh, benefits. And number one, it's, it's changing just how organizations think about work. So it, it really streamlines the messaging of how, um, how we're doing work, what, what uh, information we're getting back as a result of, um, uh, of cases and incidents as they happen. Um, it helps set the expectations. Um, it helps really uh, just increase compliance and really get everyone on board. Um, the employee engagement and buy-in piece is huge. I've heard a lot of people even say that, you know, that, that it's um, been very well received in union environments just because it does take everyone's input uh, into the, the process of being uh, successful at work, keeping our employees safe, uh, and really uh, taking the time to learn and focus on all aspects of the organization, not just blaming the employee, but really just uh, making sure that our that our processes are all working well and that we're protecting our process and our people all at the same time. So it's buy-in on multiple levels that makes it so successful? Absolutely. How can adoption of H&OP principles drive organizational culture change? Well, I think above all, it, it forces everyone to, 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 again, rethink how we improve. So under the old ideas, it, it was it was easy to, to blame the employee or to, to, to blame um, to isolate um, results as as um, as we see them as a result of an incident happening. And so it, when we when we look at not just what did the employee do wrong, but really what how did we design work or how did we create an environment that this could have gone wrong despite how we've designed work, despite the, the defenses we have in place. When you look at it from that that perspective, it really does facilitate learning. So it, it creates a much more uh, inclusive environment of ideas from all people, not just management saying this is how we do things, but it, it really gives it creates the opportunity to engage with the people that are doing the work every day and, and incorporating their ideas into system design so that we can truly be as efficient as possible. So that in itself uh, will truly pay dividends in the long run. If you were to tell organizations why they should care most about H&OP. Can you put an ROI on this proactive approach? Yeah, it, it's uh, in addition to just the the overall cultural benefit that, that you see and the, the engagement and the collaboration that it facilitates, you'll of course also see um, the, the overall reduction in, in insurance costs, decreased regulatory fines, just because we truly are all acting together in a, in a common direction towards, uh, towards delivering on those best possible results. So, um, so that those are all good things as a result of, of deploying this and getting the entire organization on board. 
How do you see HNOP principles and adoption evolving in the years to come? It's a great question. I think that there's uh, that you'll continue to see organizations becoming much more mature. Uh, I think what we're seeing is there's a lot of early adopters out there, and there's a lot of people that uh, are, are implementing this at, at maybe some of their larger sites. Um, and GenSuite, we, we've built our tools in a way that, uh, that, that we can help facilitate for those early adopting sites as well as um, not being too jarring or, or changing the functionality too much on those, those sites that may not have been integrated or been taught HNOP just yet. So I think as the adoption continues, we're going to see um, more interaction, more learning, and I, I could only imagine that more tools that could be created to help continue to facilitate that learning and, and evolving. And I'm glad that, that GenSuite is uh, able to be on the cutting edge of that. So what particularly is GenSuite doing to continue focus on integrating HNOP? We have a lot of customers that are really bringing some fantastic ideas to us uh, right now. We've we've done a number of, uh, of enhancements to the tools and configurations to um, simplify some of the forms, to add a couple of new fields just to, to drive um, how uh, how we're looking at cases and incidents to improve that process. So um, one of our subscribers, Cactus Wellhead, has uh, just done a, a, a fantastic project to, to drive a lot of um, changes to how they're managing the process that, that is very different than how most of our traditional subscribers uh, have managed incidents uh, and follow-up in the past. So. Um, so I think that we'll continue to see more of that. We've, uh, as, as we've shown that concept, it has resonated in the community and we have more people continuing to put their own spin and their own ideas on that based upon their organizations, which is fantastic. Um, and in the same sense, uh, I can only imagine that that will mean that we're integrating this into more applications, uh, potentially even into the services that we offer so that we can continue to deliver value. So um, it, it's always helpful um, when it's not just a matter of us delivering software, but the fact that we as a team speak the language uh, related to HNOP. We have a number of team members that are trained and are well-versed in the principles so that we can truly um, collaborate with our subscriber community and deliver the best possible results and, and what one would hope to see from an HNOP implementation. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next month. Thanks. Look forward to it.